Welcome to the Rap Race to Buy podcast, where we discuss money, mindset, real estate investing, and ways to achieve financial independence. Whether you are a rookie or a veteran needing new ideas for investing or creating side hustles, you're in the right place. Here to challenge you to think out of the box, your hosts, Felipe Mejia and Diego Corzo. Dude, today we have Sharon Sung. She's awesome. She's killing it on TikTok, on Instagram. She talks about how scaling her social media has helped her investing. Uh, Digital Nomad, how she wants to invest out of the country. She's crushing it. Um, and, and what I really like is like how humble she is and how like she talks about how she's an introvert, but she's like puts herself out there in a vulnerable position to help other people uh, scale their business as well. Yeah, I am very excited about her story too, because just like you said, I feel like it will open up the opportunity for other people to like give them that, that bit of inspiration for them to take action and share their story on social media. Cause she's been able to grow her TikTok to over 400,000 followers, Instagram over a hundred thousand. So it's really cool to see her journey on that and how she was able to travel the U S uh, I mean, travel outside of the U S for two years, just through passive income site hustles. So can't wait to check out her interview. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great interview. Stay all the way through to the end. She gives out a special promo code uh, for some of her stuff. I won't give that away. So make sure you stay till the end. Let's get started. Sharon, what's up? Welcome to the Rat Race to Five podcast. I'm going to apologize on record that I'm late to the podcast. I'm so embarrassed. No worries. No worries. <laughs> Thanks for having me. No, no, no. It's a pleasure and honor to have you on. So Sharon, um, a lot of the times uh, in our podcast, what one of the main things we like to do is get to know the the um, the guests as like person, who they are, uh, what their investing looks like. Like, what do they do as a person more than just like numbers and doors and, you know, their whole investing career? I think that brings a lot of value to the listeners, especially because people like to attach themselves to certain stories and, and, and whatnot. So uh, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what you do for anyone who doesn't know who you are and has been living like under a rock or something? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think my whole story is back in like 2016. I quit my job and traveled the world for two years while building passive income streams. So actually, yeah, I actually was building passive income streams through like Etsy, Amazon, um, through my blog and all that stuff. Uh, I came back and now I'm kind of teaching people how to build passive income through online side hustles, but also real estate, as you guys probably know. Um, so through like my YouTube, my Instagram, my TikTok and stuff, um, just trying to, you know, spread the knowledge on personal finance, investing and side hustles. Okay. There's <laughs> so much to unpack there. You said that's so like, so chill, like if it's normal everyday life. <laughs> um, so let's unpack that a little bit. So before we get to that though, like what made you the person that you are now, how are you in high school and college? Like, what was that? What was life like that for? What was a young sharing you know teenage years like for you yeah um i would say like basically growing up i guess in elementary school middle school like i introverted like uh you know studying all the time type of kid i actually used to play chess a lot so i was actually like nationally ranked in chess and like <laughs> yeah wow. it's like on tv wow. chess and all this yeah it's kind of random but like that's what i i did um and then when I switched schools, actually, to like when we switched school districts um, to high school, I guess um, I was very like I didn't know anyone. So I was very like introverted, kind of sad because I was 
I felt really alone because I didn't really know people. So at that point, I felt like I had to um, break out of my shell and start like meeting people. So it, it kind of forced me to be more outgoing and talk to people. Um, it kind of led me also to music, more like music actually I would sing and dance a lot so I actually have a YouTube channel for music and I would make music videos and all this stuff um, so oh. I think a lot of people don't know that about me but um, you know I made music videos in like actually while I was digital nomading like in Korea um, yeah I did stuff like that so um, yeah so it's definitely a whole journey where I was way more shy and then trying to break out of my shell and now I'm still, you know, I'm still a very introverted person, but I feel like I'm trying to, you know, network more and like be out there more. So normally like with these podcast interviews, I would say no to them back in the day because I'd be too like scared to do them. But now I'm like, all right, got to do it. <laughs> and it's actually really fun, um, you know, getting to meet you guys and then uh, spreading my knowledge and trying to improve my speaking skills. So, yeah, that's 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 really cool. So <clears throat> all that led to um, like what you're doing now. So why did you want to be like digital nomad and, and like, like what, what was the trajectory to do that? And then tell us a little bit more about your investing and how you do it, what you do it. Um, and, and just kind of the whole nuts and bolts of that. Yeah, definitely. Um, back in 2014, I did like this solo, uh, month long Europe trip and it kind of opened my eyes to all this life I was missing out on. Um, and I just saw people so passionate about life, like just, pursuing their dreams. And I, I thought there's a lot I was missing out on because I've been living in the Bay Area for like all my life. And I just want to see what the world had to offer. But I also didn't want to like spend all my money on travel back and then need to like work that up again to like spend it all. So I was like, how could I make this a reality of like uh, location independence and financial freedom? And that led me to study like a lot of books and blogs and start listening to podcasts and trying to understand how to make passive income, make money work for me. Obviously that led me to like rich dad, poor dad and four hour work week and stuff like that. So um, that kind of made me want to become like a digital nomad and like build these, you know, passive income streams. Um, so that's kind of what led me to that. And then um, before I left to travel, I actually like booked a one-way ticket to Stockholm like six months before I decided to quit my job. I was like, this is my deadline. So I'm going to like mm. figure this out. <laughs> yeah. So I booked it and then I started like really hustling and like I took multiple part-time remote positions. I started trying to build up my blog and my Etsy shop. Once I made just like 50 to hundred bucks a month in passive income on those like income streams it's like not much right but i was just like you know what it's <laughs> so let me let me try to just go for it and um at that point i just quit and then i i just went for it um i feel like that those part-time remote positions helped me kind of build up my net worth and also transition so uh it allowed me to smoothly transition to building that those passive income streams and side hustles so so it's interesting right i wish more people would do two things sharon and i want to hear if you agree I, I wish that more people would travel and get a little more cultured. And then I wish more people would invest in themselves in a side hustle. We call it a side hustle. Like if it would make a little bit about a little bit of money, but it's interesting because I've seen side hustles replace people's job, people's mm -hmm. careers. And if people, I always say this in, in my mastermind at rat race, I'm always like, guys, trust in yourself, believe in yourself. You want to take a risk at, in your twenties and thirties rather than in your sixties and seventies. And if you just believe in yourself and trust in yourself to like 
these side hustles will pay off because you're passionate about it. And people know that, like, you know how they say people can tell over the phone if you're smiling. It's the same thing. If you're at your J-O-B, W-2, or if you're doing your side hustle, like people can tell if you're passionate about that. So if more people would travel and get cultured and focus on side hustles that they love and like are enjoyful of, they're going to be profitable, most of them, because people can tell that you honestly like what you're doing, right? Uh, do you agree with that? Oh, definitely. Um, to both points. I mean, like for investing in myself, I feel like once I started putting more money, like putting more of my income into just like resources, like going to conferences, like learning from courses and books and all this stuff, um, my growth just was like exponential. Um, so I try to invest in myself in those ways. I try to continuously learn. Um, my friend said something where uh, the day you stop learning is like the day you're inching closer to death. And I think that's so true. Mm -hmm. so um, true. yeah. And I'm always trying to learn and grow. And I also feel like travel really like opened my eyes and I learned so much. It, it taught me so much about how I don't know that much, you know? <laughs> so, um, I do feel like talking to people from different backgrounds and things like that just makes you more grounded, makes you realize there's no one way to live like there's all these different ways to live there's all these different things that make people happy and um you know i i realized that uh there's so much i don't know and all of these experiences like help me grow as a person yeah that's so awesome that's cool sharon and what was your journey then getting like you went out into the world you traveled for two years you came back was that when you got into real estate or what did your real estate journey look like yeah, so I actually did invest my first property back in 2013. So that was before mm -hmm. I started traveling. Um, so after that, I was always interested in real estate, like ever since playing like Monopoly. I was like, you know, I love having cash flowing rental properties. And that were, you, money were you good at Monopoly, just like chess? <laughs> were you just like crushing your family? Like, hey, pay up. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I was that good, but I just knew that like that was something that I wanted to do. I was always interested in having multiple rental properties working for me, but also I love the idea of having, um, you know, possibly rental properties overseas. Like that would be really cool to be able to visit them, right? Like Airbnb them out and be able to travel um, and visit your properties and live in them. Um, but yeah, so going back to, I, I basically came back after two years of travel. I decided that um, just chasing the number was not, you know, that fulfilling for me. So I had passive income streams working for me. I could potentially like retire essentially, right? Like, um, you know, cause the, my living expenses weren't that much. I was still generating income from all these side hustles. I could just chill like in Chiang Mai or wherever I was. Um, but you know, seeing those people around me that were, were doing that, I realized I'm kind of too young to do that. I wanted to do more with my life. So I, I came back and I actually uh, took a full-time position. I'm actually still in a full-time position right now. Um, doesn't mean that I like need to be in it. It's just something that I wanted to do because it's growing my skills a lot and I'm learning a lot from it. So I think that's a, also um, like a great thing when you have that financial freedom that you can choose like what job you want or if you don't want a job, um, it's more about how you want to intentionally like use your time. Um, so coming back, I decided to, um, continue working my brand as well as start investing a lot in real estate. So now my fiance and I are, are like 23 units. 
um, and we're building up our personal brands, teaching people, and it's just so much more fulfilling. That's cool. That's cool. One of the things that you mentioned that I really like is that once you have a level of financial independence, uh, you get like, it buys you choices, right? That's, that's what that does. So at that point, you get to choose if you want to stay at your job, if you just want to have a part-time job, maybe that you really enjoy, but that is what FI can give you. And if everybody can just can just work towards that part, you don't have to become a millionaire. You don't have to like go, go all out. But just that part, you you will be more fulfilled uh, because money is not an issue. Like you make money irrelevant from, from that perspective. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I view money as kind of more of a tool versus like the the means or like the the end goal, you know, because it's more about the freedom it allows you. And, you know, I could just like quit my job and whatever, but it's more about like, what do I want to use my time um, for? So like, if I want to pick that job up, I can. If I don't want to do it, I can just leave and like go somewhere else or like do something else. So it's, it's more about that freedom and flexibility and more about just living in line with your values rather than being restricted by money. Yeah. And are, are the 23 doors, are they in California or where do you guys invest? Yeah. So um, I have units in Texas, Georgia. My fiance has some in Florida. Um, mm -hmm. I also have one in California. So it's kind of spread out right now. But we're, I think we're going to try to focus on Texas for a little bit. Cool. 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 Now, as you're investing out of state, uh, is it more on the single family units or more on the multifamily? Yeah, I think I'm more single family units right now. Um, I do have like a fourplex and a duplex, uh, but I think we will in, in the future uh, start focusing on larger multifamily properties as well as uh, short-term rentals actually. Um, also, yeah, and also, um, so we're actually moving to Dallas for like one to two years. So we're planning to also get more into like flipping and wholesaling as well, um, just to get that experience I think there's a lot for me to learn too as an investor and I'm excited to learn. So um, I'm always just trying to learn and grow. That's awesome. You know, Sharon, one of the mistakes that I feel like I made when I first started investing um, was I focused like, you know how like plumbers, they want to fix everything with like plumbing stuff. A framer wants to fix everything with a hammer. Like it's just the way it works, right? Like in their brain. And like when I first started investing in real estate and this goes for all the listeners, like I thought one property always had to fit one strategy. Like, oh, that's one, two, three Main Street. It has to be a buy and hold and invest forever. And maybe it was like making a, a bajillion dollars as a short term rental, but I didn't see that. So like one of the strengths that I'm that I'm really working on for myself is like being able to identify rental properties or properties as what is their best like attribute? Like what, what are they best for? Is this house best for short-term rental? Is this a great flip? Should I wholesale this property? Is this a great buy and hold refinance play? Like mm -hmm. once I was able to open my eyes to that, kind of like what you just said, where you're like, you know, maybe you want to wholesale a little bit, this and that. One of the things that like really helped me was like, what is this property good for to do? What, what can, what, how can I maximize the profits on this property? Should I sell it now? Should I flip it? So that was one of the things that helped me out a lot. And, and, and in regards to what you said about wholesaling, shameless plug, um, one of the things that I learned while wholesaling was that a cold caller was the best bang for my time. Uh, I didn't have like all day to sit down and like cold call or, or send mailers and hopefully someone called me back because then I just didn't have the time to talk to them. 
So one of the things that, that I do is I hire a cold caller uh, and we can provide that service if somebody needs, but that cold caller will call for you. Uh, and then all you got to do is like follow up with the hot leads. That's one of the like cool things that I like about wholesaling is I have now I can spend minimal time on it and still uh, do some wholesale deals. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I, like what you mentioned about kind of applying different properties and different strategies, like yeah. totally relate. So our current uh, investment that we recently purchased, like um, we were going to flip it, but then just looking at the location and like the potential for appreciation, we're like, yeah. let's hold it and then let's do a cash out refinance later. So, um, you know, it, I, I always want to keep the properties because I always feel like they're going to appreciate, like I really yeah. like keeping them. Um, but yeah, it's now it's more like, let's figure out the right strategies for, you know, different properties and, and what you mentioned about, um, you know, hiring out for, um, for wholesaling and stuff like that. I'm, I'm in that process right now, trying to hire, uh, more of my tasks, like delegate more of the tasks because right now I'm just like too scattered, too many things to like do. And, um, that's what one of the hopes, like, that's what one of my hopes is when I move to Dallas that I will start doing that, start building out the team. Um, so that's definitely in the works. That's definitely in my plan as well. Good for you. Like one of the things that I've noticed in growth and scale mode uh, is there's only so much that I can do. And my mentor explained it to me this way. He was like, you know, what's interesting, Felipe, is like certain like the the elite of the elite rich, like Elon Musk or something. It seems like he has three days into one. It's like, how are you in L.A., New York and Chicago all in one day? Like, how does that even work? Right. And, and he was telling me that it's like, you can buy time. Like you have 24 hours, but so does your business partner. And now all of a sudden you guys have 48 hours in 24 because both of you have the same 24 and you start adding employees. You start adding, hiring out uh, some of those things. All of a sudden it creates this like, wow, I was able to do what, what it would take one person three days to do in 12 hours because I have six, seven people working on the same task. So like, I completely agree. I saw my biggest growth and this podcast is not about me. So I'm going to jump off of myself in a second, <laughs> but I saw my biggest growth, Sharon, when I quit my W2 job, when I quit my job and I could focus on my side hustle, like we were talking about earlier, all of a sudden that grew very quickly. And then I was able to add another one and another one and another one. But it was because now I was hiring out. I was, I was getting with the right partnerships. I was creating the right relationships and all of a sudden I was able to scale a lot faster in business and real estate, fill in the blank. Um, so yeah, I would challenge you to definitely do that. Like outsource as much as you can. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so, I mean, right now I'm planning to possibly like hire an assistant cause there's nice. too many emails, too many DMS and all this stuff just, uh, to be able to just like focus on the things that really matter. And I think if there's ever a point like where my full-time position, if it doesn't, uh, benefit me at like in terms of a growth type of thing. Um, I'd probably like, you know, look for something else, like start just going into my own stuff, uh, full on. But I think right now in a good place, but, uh, we'll start trying to outsource and hire out. Totally agree with that. I tell Diego that he needs to hire out all the time. He's too busy <laughs> but to I'm hire somebody to it. not be busy. I'm finally doing it. I'm finally doing it. So we're, no I'm, I'm hiring somebody to be working with me full time starting next week, actually. So really excited about that. That's awesome. Yeah. So question for you, Sharon, what, uh, as, do you have then similar strategies when you're, when you're investing 
in like in Georgia. You mentioned Alabama too, right? Um, uh, Georgia, Texas, Texas. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you invest with 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 the same strategies over over there? Like, is it cash flow? Are you investing for appreciation? Like like you mentioned earlier, or what is your strategy for the long term? Yeah, I think um, I always try to make sure it cash flows, um, and I'm trying to look for properties in appreciating markets. Um, I I want to make sure I'm not holding on to like alligator pro properties where it's negatively cash flowing. I want to make sure it's continuously uh, cash flowing. So you know, my first investment actually I bought it at like two hundred forty thousand, but now it's worth like six hundred forty thousand. So appreciation, in my opinion, like really is the driver for wealth. But ultimately, uh, I feel like cash flow is stable. But like um, I want to invest in places that will appreciate though. So it's kind of like, you know, both. <laughs> yeah. Have you been able to tap into that equity of that 400,000? I could at, at the moment, I actually like don't need to right now. Um, mm -hmm. So it's cash flowing really well. So I'm just like, let me just keep it like that. But I think if I ever need to, I'll probably do that. So yeah, that's awesome. I like to tap into my equity. I heard a speaker one time say um, like you wouldn't have half a million dollars in the bank without investing it, not making you any money, Some, something, I'm, I totally slaughtered that, something like that. And I was like, crap, he's not talking about cash. He's talking about equity. Like he explained after, mm -hmm. and I was like, yeah, I need to put that to work because I, I would not have half a million dollars cash in the bank, just like losing to inflation and stuff. I was like, yeah, I should probably tap into my equity a little bit. I'm in the same boat though. I have a lot of properties, a lot of equity. Uh, and I'm just trying to like figure out the ways to deploy that equity as lines of credit so that I can like buy more real estate that cash flows that pays off the line of credit. And mm -hmm. then like, just kind of redo the process over and over again. Uh, cause I don't want to, personally, I'm a lot of people that follow me know this, like I'm not in the bank of refinancing. Like I'm just not in that. Like I know a lot of people do the refi thing. I, I like to keep my equity and use lines of credit against my equity mm -hmm. and then pay it off as soon as possible. So it's not like variable out or something. Um, so that's kind of the strategy that I like to use, but my question sharing to you next is like, what, what's, what's life look like going forward? What's next? You know, what's, what are your goals for the rest of this year? And what does, uh, next year look like for you? Yeah. I mean, right now we're in the process of Airbnb out this property that we're living in. Um, so that's going to cash flow like really well on Airbnb. It's, it's a barrier property, right? So, um, then we're going to move to Dallas, um, start growing our real estate business out there. Uh, we're planning to like really grow our content, hire out more. Um, you know, my goal ultimately is just like continuously learn, like I mentioned before, uh, and continuously build uh, and create that, you know, create content that helps people. Um, because at this point, like whenever I think too much about the money portion, I'm just like, you know, it, like I don't even spend that much. I always put it back into everything. Right. So it's right. like, there's no real point. It's just more like continuously help people continuously grow. So that's my goal right now. Mm, I like that. And then in regards to like investing, what strategy or do you think you're going to focus on more going, going forward? Uh, and then the follow-up question to that is how do you see the market changing or turning in the next year how do, you, how do you what's your what's your feels on that yeah i think um well first we're focusing on this moldy house property that we bought like a while ago um so that one we need to like 
fix it up. We, we remediated it. We were fixing it up and then we're going to do that cash out refi and we're going to put that back into investments. Um, yeah. yeah. And then, um, in Dallas, the regulations for Airbnb are basically kind of non-existent right now. So, um, we're just trying to possibly get into the short-term rentals, um, because everywhere else we've kind of looked at, it's been really regulated even here. Um, we have to do a 30 day basically because uh, they have these strict laws for short term rentals. So we're kind of trying to take advantage of that out in Dallas uh, to be able to buy properties that we can Airbnb out. Uh, we also do want to go into, like I mentioned, like more wholesaling, flipping and stuff. It kind of mm -hmm. depends on the opportunities we come across, but like we've gone to a bunch of bunch of meetings and we just developed these partnerships with different investors. So going to all these meetups and like meeting other contractors and investors and stuff like that, I think there's a lot of potential for partnerships that we're probably going to do more, um, just like finding a lot more deals, trying to either wholesale or flip it um, and possibly keep it as a short-term rental. So it just really depends on like the right strategy for the properties that we come across. That's very really cool. cool. Very cool. That's cool. Do you do any partnership, Sharon, in regards to like, or do you see yourself doing any partnerships going forward? Um, how do you feel about, um, you know, newbie investors and then more seasoned investors like um, doing partnerships? How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm going to be doing that more, but I really do like how me and Sean, my fiance, we kind of been doing everything just ourselves because we don't have to worry too much about uh, making sure like the investor is good. Like, I don't want them to, you know, complain or worry or whatever. And I have a lot of people have to like make sure they're good or whatever. Um, that's like the, I guess the beauty of just like having it between us two. Um, but I do feel like I do want to try to um, grow in that way of um, possibly opening like a fund or whatever in the future. Um, just also because a lot of people ask me, like, can I invest with you? Can I get mentorship, coaching, all that stuff. There's like multiple things that I'm trying to do because of what people are asking. So like one of the things is possibly opening like a private membership group as well, because people do want my time. So like that would probably be the the best way. Mm -hmm. um, and then, yeah, the, the whole fun thing is something that I keep in mind, but I'm not like totally sure yet as well. Actually spoke with like Chandler David Smith and he was saying the same things of like, he's probably going to open one, but then he's also worried about having investors partner with him too. So it's like um, those concerns, but then I think ultimately I will probably like do that. Um, so <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. Now, I know that um, you mentioned earlier that you were back in the day, or maybe even now, you're, you're still a little bit of an introvert, but your social media, your TikTok and all of that stuff, right? Um, it's been crazy to see that scale. Uh, how many followers do you have on TikTok right now? And also, what brought, like, what made that change from you to be a little bit more, uh, be more shy to doing all that in social media? Yeah, I mean, I actually feel like there's a lot of introverted people who do content, who do it really well. It's actually interesting because I think uh, the feeling is like when you're speaking on camera, you can actually just, you know, if you mess up, you can edit it, right? So it's mm -hmm. not as nerve wracking. So I just feel like um, I still am introverted. I'm still doing that. But like, I still try to put myself out there with this content because I know um, 
at scale, it can help people way more, right? I, more mm-hmm. people can see it. So um, on TikTok, I have uh, 480,000 followers. Ooh. And then <laughs> uh, Instagram's like 115 or something. Um, YouTube's like 30,000. So um, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> what would you, Sharon, what would you say is the secret to success on social media? Because everyone's going to be the wonder of that. <laughs> um, I think like basically watch time is really important. So you just got to make sure that it's a, it's a video that, um, entertains or educates. So I really try to think about what my audience is looking for, like, you know, checking the comments to see what they're asking and then trying to answer like most of those questions. Um, so that helps me, you know, figure out my content calendar essentially Mm. of like what kind of content I should be making. Also like, I kind of use TikTok and now Twitter to kind of see what resonates well with my audience. And then I bring that over to Instagram and YouTube when it hits. So it's kind of a testing of like content. So I just keep pu- pu- uh, sorry pushing stuff out there. Um, and if it does hit, then I'm like, okay, let me make more of that stuff. Let me also bring that over on YouTube and make an in-depth version of that and put that on Instagram make a whole like essay caption, like, you know, a lot of people do, right? So um, when I see that certain content hits, just make more of it. Um, That's kind of what happened. Like when I was building my TikTok, um, I made videos on like house hacking, how much I make on a certain property, um, stuff like that. And those hit really well. So then I just kept making more of that type of content. Interesting, man, that's really awesome. Sharon, we don't want to take up all of your time tonight, um, but seriously, thank you for jumping on here. It's interesting though, because like, I love that you were saying that like you're an introvert and like you have a social media platform and you're educating other people on investing and reaching your goals and and what you're doing, which I think is awesome um, because it motivates other people that maybe are a little introvert to put themselves out there in a, cause it's a vulnerable position. Um, but you're like saying, Hey, look, if I can do it, you can do it. And then you, not just that, but you're adding value, uh, in a way that a lot of people, uh, might not have seen otherwise with, you know, investing and your numbers and you're just being transparent. And I think that's also part of your growth. Like your transparency makes people and allows people to be like, man, I can resonate with that. Like I get what she, I, I think I can do it if she can do it too. And I think that's like where people latch onto you. And, 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 and that's what I love to see. So kudos to you. Keep doing what you're doing. Honestly, you're crushing it. You're impacting more people than you think. Um, so I think that's really cool. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah. And Sharon, what is the best way for people to get to know you or connect with you on your social? Yeah, definitely. So um, you can find me on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok on my, just like my full name, Sharon Sung, um, T-S-E-U-N-G. It's kind of a hard to you know hard to spell but (laughs) um and then also my website is digitalnomadquest.com um also if you guys are interested in our out-of-state um remote like out-of-state real estate investing course uh we do have remote rental riches it's on digitalnomadquest.com as well so go ahead and check that out um and then yeah for you guys listening if uh if you guys want to check out that course um I'm offering a code rat race, uh, for 20% off to the first five listeners. So go ahead and check it out. Boom. There you go. Thanks for listening to the very end. Got yourself a little bit of treat there. So Sharon, thank you so much for sharing love. Uh, one more time, drop your IG handle and then we'll get up out of here. Yeah. It's Sharon Sung. So go check that out. 
Cool, cool. Thank you, Sharon. The Rap Race to Buy podcast, where we discuss money, mindset, real estate investing, and ways to achieve financial independence. Whether you are a rookie or a veteran needing new ideas for investing or creating side hustles, you're in the right place.